Chapter 22 of Hellenic History. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Hellenic History by George Willis Botsford. Chapter 22 Sicily and Magna Graecia, 413 through 338. Empire making in East and West. The fate of Hellas, her protection from foreign powers as well as from internecine warfare depended on a political unification prejudicial to the sovereignty of the polis and desired therefore neither by the masses nor by the great majority of statesmen while in eastern hellas the spartans were engaged in a vain attempt to build up and to maintain an empire under the supremacy of the city an experiment at empire making of a wholly different character was taking place in sicily and southern italy it was but natural that this undertaking should proceed from Syracuse, by far the most powerful state in western Hellas. Syracuse from 466 to 413. From the overthrow of the tyrants in 466, the government of Syracuse had been the moderate form of democracy, designated by Aristotle as a polity. Under this constitution, the victory over the Athenian besiegers had been won by the patient courage and the loyalty of the great mass of citizens. 413. It was inevitable, then, that they should demand as a reward a fuller participation in the conduct and in the profits of government, as at Athens the failure of the siege created an oligarchy. In Syracuse, the annihilation of the invader with equal logic changed the polity to an absolute democracy. Carthaginian Invasion of Sicily, 409. The removal of the Athenian peril gave the short-sighted Sicilians merely an opportunity for interstate warfare, whilst they remained heedless of the overwhelming power of Carthage at their very doors. For seventy years the terror of the Athenian navy had held Persia and Carthage alike at bay. Its collapse encouraged both to extend their power to the detriment of Hellas. A great fleet set sail from Carthage, carrying to Sicily an army much greater than Athens, had brought to Syracuse, was made up of a Carthaginian nucleus, enlarged by Libyan, Iberian, and, and Campanian mercenaries. Even Greeks were willing to serve Carthage for pay against their motherland. This force captured Salinas after a fierce nine days' siege, whereas among the Hellenes, through the regard for the lives of their own soldiers, the besieging of cities was notably mild. It was far different with Carthage to whom a few thousand mercenaries counted as nothing. The city was taken by storm, and the scene of butchery that followed is too horrible for description in these pages. It was the first Sicilian city to be taken by foreigners, having enjoyed two and a half centuries of freedom. A few days afterward, Himera suffered a like fate. An attempt of Syracuse to rescue the city was altogether too feeble. Content with his conquest, Hannibal, the Carthaginian general, returned home with his armament. The fall of Acragas, 406. The great disaster awakened western Hellas to a sense of her peril, when accordingly Hannibal returned with a fresh armament to lay siege to Acragas, 406. Thirty thousand soldiers from the states of Sicily and southern Italy swarmed into Syracuse to defend what remained of Hellenic soil. Even this considerable force, under the command of the Syracusian, Daphnius, accomplished nothing more than the removal of the people of Acragas before that city, too, fell into the invaders' hands. Usurpation of Dionysius 405 
the people of syracuse were convinced that their generals had failed through incompetence or treason a young officer named dionysius taking advantage of this feeling persuaded the assembly to depose the generals and to elect a new board which included himself his next step was by accusing his colleagues to have them deposed so that he became sole general the deluded citizens readily voted him a personal guard with which he usurped the tyranny 405 in the face of the advancing carthaginians however the despot could for the moment accomplish nothing better than his democratic predecessors had achieved the people of gela and carmarina were withdrawn from their cities and the entire southern coast was yielded to the enemy all grumblings at his failure and mutinyings of his aristocratic cavalry dionysius relentlessly overrode with his eyes fixed upon a goal that lay beyond the general horizon to secure his own hold on the government and his city from the danger of a siege he came to terms with the enemy the freedom of syracuse and a few other greek cities in the east end of the island was purchased by the cession of the remainder of sicily to the carthaginians 405 dionysius extends and consolidates his power the first effort of dionysius was to secure himself in power with this end in view he built on the island of ortigia a strongly fortified castle and surrounded himself with mercenaries to whom he granted the dwellings within the island these were the properties of the oldest and most respectable citizens and in their midst stood the most venerable temples now exposed to the insolence of strangers the aristocrats thus expelled from their homes were represented by the knights who had arisen against him only to be slaughtered or driven into exile their country estates too were confiscated divided into small farms and assigned to newly made citizens who were either alien mercenaries or emancipated slaves to such means tyrants had often resorted but none had equalled the ruthlessness of dionysius the civic body thus reconstituted found its only safety in upholding the despot in extending his power by annexing the territory of neighboring communities he did not hesitate to sell into slavery the population of hellenic towns that his companion mercenaries might possess their estates in these measures he showed a willful harshness impossible to explain much less to excuse for a partial understanding of his policy however we may note that the native sicils and italians introduced in great numbers into his state were more amenable to military discipline and physically more virile than the greeks preparations for war having thus enlarged and consolidated his power dionysius began military preparations on a gigantic scale he surrounded syracuse and its suburbs with a great wall so that it became the largest and most strongly fortified city in europe he built a navy of more than three hundred warships including many kincariums vessels with five banks of oars invented by his shipwrights for land operations he filled his arsenals with munitions among which were catapults for throwing stones likewise an invention of his engineers his army of more than eighty thousand men was splendidly organized and equipped it included heavy and light infantry artillery and cavalry the largest the most complex in organization and equipment and the most efficient body of troops that hellas had thus far created in fact dionysius introduced an epoch in the history of warfare first war with carthage three ninety seven through three ninety two with these magnificent forces he began his first war against the carthaginians with the object of expelling them wholly from the island 
but the enemy had boundless resources in money and therefore in mercenaries in the flow of syracusan victory to the extreme west of the island was followed by a return tide of carthaginian success which destroyed messene and came near overwhelming syracuse only her mighty wall saved sicily from the phoenicians after years of hard fighting dionysius contented himself with a peace that assured him the greater part of the island with the extreme west remaining in carthaginian hands conquests in italy dionysius was now in a position to interfere in the affairs of italy here as in sicily he displayed no scruple in accomplishing his ends with the barbarous lucanians who from the interior were rapidly conquering the hellenic cities he gladly cooperated his share of the conquest extended from the strait to Croton. many inhabitants of this region were sold into slavery others he removed to syracuse while others were won to his cause by unexpected clemency the empire that he built up in sicily and italy was the strongest military power in europe to that day more distant enterprises to his conquests he added an extensive colonial policy founding settlements on both adriatic shores he brought that sea into his sphere of influence his object was partly to facilitate communications with the greek peninsula on which he entertained political designs and more immediately to capture the trade that poured into the sea from central europe allying himself with the gauls who were invading etruria he ravaged the coast of that country established a navy base on corsica and occupied elba where doubtless he worked the iron mines by such means the tyrant of syracuse encircled italy possibly in the hope of dominating the whole peninsula at all events the power of his realm overall the central mediterranean region and came near monopolizing its commerce meanwhile he entered into close alliance with lacedaemon and took an active part in the wars and diplomacy of eastern hellas he waged other wars with carthage but with no further advantage to the hellenic cause his government the form of government was still republican for the council and the popular assembly continued to meet and the tyrant avoiding every unrepublican title held the office of general with absolute command of the army while at least in foreign relations he was entitled archon of sicily his wars extensive buildings and a splendid court consumed enormous sums of money which he supplied by confiscations temple robberies the sale of whole communities into slavery the debasement of the coinage and the levy of oppressive taxes and arbitrary exactions upon his subjects his character as to the character of this extraordinary person we have few though telling hints his life was free from the vices that had brought many a tyrant to ruin particularly the citizens could trust the honor of their wives and daughters to his keeping he had simultaneously two wives with both of whom he lived happily it would be a mistake to ascribe his cruelties to cold blood in the hours that others gave to wine or rest dionysius composed dramas even his excuses for temple robberies display a ready humor whereas a curious sentimental vein is disclosed in his purchase of the writing tablets of aeschylus as a means of inspiration with an artistic temperament his conduct was swayed not only by a napoleonic ambition but by friendship fear jealousy and hatred so far as we can judge he was totally devoid of moral principle and of reverence for things sacred although he consorted with men of ability in various fields he followed his own counsels the athenian philosopher plato came to syracuse in the hope of realizing 
his ideal state through the power of the despot but in response to his arguments the princely host is said to have had him sold as a slave in brief dionysius like alcibiades and lysander was a product of his age a non-moral non-religious but otherwise splendidly gifted egoist the balance of historical judgment as the modern historian reviews the destruction of hellenic cities the enslavement of entire populations the grinding financial exactions and most of all the political and moral degradation of the free citizens under this despotism he is inclined to look upon dionysius as a curse to humanity on the other side of the picture is the strong man who builds up a realm of civilized folk capable of defending themselves in perilous times against the assaults of the barbarians in one direction and of orientals in the other when both these enemies of european civilization were growing continually mightier appreciating the political weakness of hellenic character he tried to supplement it by an introduction of native italian and sicil blood thus he was a champion of europeanism rather than of hellenism and in his blending of foreigners with greeks he stood forth as the first hellenistic prince had he been followed by a line of able successors his realm would have expanded and have taken the place of rome as the civilizer of the west as matters stood his only service was to check the progress of carthage till rome grew sufficiently strong to protect europe from the encroachment of oriental civilization as his son and successor dionysius the second was totally incapable the realm fell to pieces the cities came under the rule of petty tyrants and the power of carthage threatened to overwhelm the entire island under these circumstances timoleon of corinth with a few hundred mercenaries landed in sicily for the purpose of liberating syracuse three forty four within a few years he expelled the tyrants and in a great victory drove the carthaginians into their strongholds on the western coast all the cities were reorganized as modern democracies in which the people exercised the franchise while leaving the executive strong the federation of the hellenic cities provided for defense against internal and foreign enemies colonies from older hellas made good the population caused by war and an era of material prosperity began these achievements of timoleon unselfishly wrought and leading to universal good served to deepen the shadow upon the tyranny of the elder dionysius unfortunately the idyllic peace created by the liberator was to prove even more fleeting than that earlier security under the despot's galling yoke End of chapter 22